Who's that? Who is it? Snezhana Briglebska. Who the fuck's that? What does she want? <laughs> oh, well, don't blame her. Tell her she needs to wait 95 minutes. That's Snez Snez. Yeah. Tore Dylan's face off. Christmas break up. Tore his face off. It's a great story. Great story. Okay. Bottom line is, when a girl throws water at you in a fun way, it's not a good idea to go and fill a bucket of water as revenge and tip it over her head. And so when she went him, she attacked him. I thought she was saying she was kissing him. Or yeah, something. that's what I thought. No, she, she just more. He was, he was just bleeding from his neck. What? She, what? Like, she grabbed, clawed him. She cracked the shits because he like she. We'll throw an ice at each other, and then all of a sudden, like she's got like whatever was left in like the bucket where the beers were with the ice, and she's poured it over Dylan's head. And then when she's left, Dylan's gone and filled up a bucket of water and poured it over her head when she came back. This is like Dumb and Dumber with the snowball. And all I heard was the screaming because I was with Kerr Forbes, okay, and um, up in the structural department because Kerr was blind, okay. And you got a blow-up sheep for Christmas for KK. And when you stuck your finger in its butt, he used to, like, bah. So, so he was there, and I was, like, wrestling him away from a blow-up sheep. And then I just heard the commotion. And then, yeah, got back. Dylan was wearing white top. There was blood, there was blood everywhere. There was blood everywhere. Yeah, it was horrific. Fun if you're not involved. Yeah. I think Kong giggled his fucking ass off, but... Anywho. All right, it's a wonderful Anywho. story. Um, we ready to go? Yeah, let's go. Welcome to this, the newest and last episode <laughs> of the Ian Prendercast for the 2018 season. We've just decided that tonight's it for a couple of weeks. Fab, uh, very busy man these days, can't make time anymore, so off we go on hiatus. Oh, we have to finish sometime. That's true. So joining me, of course, Fabian Guadagnolo. Hello, Saturday, Fabian. Gutsy. And Tim Davis. He's here as well. He's not as busy. He's ready to go whenever we need him. I'm just plug and play, Sean. Absolutely. Plug and play. That's how we like to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we're going to talk about our favourite moments of the year, which is interesting because uh, I can't really recall anything that I enjoyed <laughs> specifically enough to talk about or reflect on here. So we're going to wing it. Um, Which is kind of what we do most weeks. Week. <laughs> we thought it was very much in keeping with the spirit of the show. But we're sitting, everyone's basically with a blank. Yeah, I got blank nothing. Yeah, I, I, don't I, I don't know, in terms of the big sporting stories of the year mm. or things that are worth reflection, don't fucking talk about Winks. Do you know what I love? I had no interest of Winks when it was happening. I don't want to reflect upon it. <laughs> well, I, I look. Did you it, not hear me? Tim? No, no, I'm hearing it. No, 15 all, seconds ago. All, all I was, no, it was about five. <laughs> um, all I was going to say is. It was a highlight. I better be all you're saying. No, no, it was a highlight, but I there was nothing extraordinary She's, about it because she did what was expected. I reckon. How many horses do you reckon she beat this year? All of them. Forty. <laughs> like do forty? Maybe. How many races did uh, she run in? Look, she probably because she she would have run autumn and she would have won run spring, so yeah. she's probably run nine or ten races. Oh, is that like seventy? Maybe. A hundred? Yeah. But, then, but horses, then they would have repeated Yeah, two. repeated horses. All of Okay, so we'll say, we'll, we'll get it just she a number probably beat there. 45 horses. Probably beat 45 horses. Those 45 horses... Mortadella. ...are now on the bottom of the ocean, MH380 fucking victims, or whatever they're called, <laughs> never to be seen of again. The reality is the worst of those 45 horses is probably a Group 2 winner. So the reality is that horse is a good horse. It's just... It's... 
It's um, this is form suggests otherwise. Well, if you've got if you've got forty players on your AFL list, Winks is your best player on the list. Mm. The horses it's running against and beating are Nick uh, Graham. Well, no, they're better than Nick Graham. They're better than Nick Graham. Ed Kerno. They're Ed Kerno. They are Ed Kerno. Was Nick Graham a Morris medalist? He was. Yeah. Morris medals can be a bit sort of weird though because obviously they're not necessarily playing um, rep footy. So yeah, that's a possibility. So yeah. they're actually playing more games. Yeah. So you might find that one of the better players has only played two-thirds as many games. Matthew Cruiser won a Morrish medal. Yeah, he did. He did indeed. David yeah. Roden won two. How the fuck did he manage that? Because he was a good footballer. Well, that's disputable. He Good dancer. Very good dancer. But he could play. He Decent could play. And, and you can imagine, <laughs> at junior level, he was dominant it because, like he, because he was quick, he was strong. Exactly right. When you're a Fijian 16-year-old, you're pretty strong. Mm, that's a generalisation, but um, uh, I like it. Is that racist? <laughs> no, it's not, no, it's not racist. It's, that's a pat on the back. Yeah. Yep. Develop early. Um, do we do we have any highlights in the football? I suppose the, the highlight from the football season this year surely was the grand final, which was uh, one of the best grand finals Great game. in a Dom very, Sheed, very long Dom time. Dom Sheed's yeah. execution when it counted. Without the obvious joys around the winner and the loser. but um, it's just a ripper game. Yeah. A really good game of football. It's just ebbed and flowed. I mean, look, let's be honest here. The cherry on top of the icing of the cake is that Collingwood lost. That's <laughs> what we were all thinking. And they sure. sort of they threw away that. They were just in the box seat. They shout knock out a, to Kelly. Shout out to Kelly. Shout out to Bucks. Shout out to Ed. They they threw away you know a game that they had controlled for large parts of the contest and looked like on they were the gonna, scoreboard. Yes, looked like they were going to blow the game open and yeah. actually weren't far away from blowing the game open. Well, you called you called it that it was over. And, you did. And who was I, the only one in the room here that didn't concede I it that over the in match the first was quarter over? Yeah. You, you called it at three mm. goals. At five goals, I said, "Geez, you agree? It gets tough now." Yeah. Just because modern, modern football is not high scoring in the way that it was, and if you knew you were coming into a twenty goal apiece game, a five goal lead isn't phenomenal. But I mean, what was what were how many goals were kicked? Well, we always said well, it was eleven. Uh, yeah, kicked 11. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. So a five goal lead when they kicked eleven is massive. It's dramatic. Yeah. But having said that, I kept the faith. Adam Simpson and the boys. Well done. Well and, done. Um, they yeah they rewarded me. Shout out to me. Simo. Shout out to Simo. Shout out to uh, Dom. I think. Um, Shout like that out, to shout me- out to, uh, to Maynard. What's his, what's his first name? Braden. Braden. Braden Maynard. Braden Maynard. I, I, when I was at, uh, doing that work at Box Hill, Box Hill played a practice game against that my, Collingwood. That was my highlight of the year. Football highlight of the year is, is your work at Box Hill. Well, there's an award you, ceremony. You hamming it up with the trophy and <laughs> posting it on Instagram. And- there's an award ceremony tomorrow, um, funnily enough, which may recognise uh, our sterling work. Will you be in attendance? Uh, yeah, maybe, possibly, hopefully. So just got to wait to see what happens tomorrow morning. But, yeah, very possibly. But um, that's by the by. We can touch base on that in the new year, whether or not I've been, you know, recognised. Yep. Up for a couple of awards, a couple of photos. That's good. Yeah, it is good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> joking. <laughs> but, no, I think, uh, like, for me, the the takeaway that, like, Dom Sheed's goal is the... And what's with these iPhones flashing with the uh, the lights flashing well, I've when you get a it message? Because I generally have my phone on silence. I oh, want to see. Just annoying. Uh, but no, Dom Sheed's goal was arguably, to me anyway, it's the highlight. Geez, of the is year. it the best goal in grand final history? When you stack it up pound for pound. Adrian Whitehead's goal is pretty nice. Peter Matera's on the run. Yeah, yeah, on the wing. He's an absolute beauty. He kicks yep. it from about ninety-five meters out and just keeps going. 
I can imagine Blighty in the box just being like, fuck off. Uh, Travis Clark kicked a couple of absolute bombs against Geelong. Yeah, but that was from, from 60. Darren Darren Jarman's that, that flukes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, but this was like Darren Jarman's it's an instinctive thing where he's just snapped, he's turned, and you go, yeah, it's a good, it's a great goal. You know, he's up against a top flight opponent in Jamie Shanahan. About <laughs> Luke Hodges' snap. Complete fluke. Yeah, Nick Malcheski did a similar one. Yeah, complete, great, but a fluke. Nick Malczewski's winning goal. Will Langford's goal, uh, the similar thing. It's a great goal. It's a fluke. Whereas Dom Sheed had to line it up. He had to kick the goal. There's a lot and, of he good, had, and he had to kick it spot there's on. There's a lot of good goals in Graham. You know what was a great... The, the result went our way, but being anti-Hawthorne, but uh, when Hawthorne had come back against Sydney and they kicked two or three goals in a row and then Isaac... Smith. Isaac Smith gets the ball out and then bombs it from 50. It was the whole, the moment, the Shit. momentum, the crowd, everything. That goal was just... And Sydney did well to like arrest that momentum back. Yep. Dan Annabry was huge. Yeah, that he was. Huge. Tom Boyd. Liam, that's another great goal. Goals. That was a good grand final. People forget that. People overlook that 2016. 16? No, no, no. No, the one that Sydney won was like 2012. 12. 12. Because I'm working out from when an Alex Johnson perspective. Sorry? When was Hawthorne's free three? Was it 13, 16? 14, 15. 16 Bulldogs, 17 Richmond. 18 West Coast. Okay. So 2012. Yeah. Is the, that was a great grand final. Yeah, yeah, that was a good game. And people move out, just gloss over. No, that was a great grand final. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. having a, yeah, but you're a, a family closet, that barracks fucking, for Sydney, you're a I enjoyed Sydney it. Sydney fan. Yeah, no, no. Who? Him? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, he's not a closet Sydney fan. He's out. Yeah, he's, he's, on the float. he's on the float at the front of the Mardi Gras. Actually, can, can I just relay a bit of a story? Please. We've got nothing else to do here. <laughs> we might as well. We don't have a our Christmas, Our work Christmas party is Friday week, right? Yep. And every year, you know, we, they try – there's always a decent venue, uh, there's something decent on, and there's always a bit of a theme. So we're going to the Emerson this year. I don't know whether up on the rooftop or whatever else, but the, um, the theme is white with a touch of gold. And you've gone, what the fuck shit. do you do with that? And I've got like, I only found out that this was a theme at lunchtime today. That's so even, That's not really a theme. Not really. It's a dress code. Well, it's a dress code. Yeah, exactly right. Who's so, hosting Puff Daddy? <laughs> P. Diddy. Sean um, Coombs is <laughs> taking over hosting duties. I, um, so I just sort of thought, well, what do you do? You know, what, what costumes are there that you can wear that are white? Gold member? Yeah, you could dress up as a Wimbledon tennis player and bring the the Wimbledon trophy, and that's your. Although the Wimbledon is the Wimbledon trophy, it is the men's gold trophy. Or is it silver? Yeah, the men's, men's trophy is gold. gold. You'd be well, going, you'd be going dressed as Serena, wouldn't you? Well, I could, I could. I, 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 my build at the moment is more Serena than Roger Federer. Put it that way. Um, but anyway, in the end, I thought, well, what the, what am I going to do? And I was thinking, you know, a karate outfit, and you could have a, a be wearing a gold medal, and then I thought you could get a Saturday night fever. You know, white suit number and Elvis. Yeah, you yeah. Can go El- Elvis is. There'll be a few Elvises. I would have thought. Anyway, in the end, while I don't necessarily have the gold bit down at the moment, I, I bought a sailor's outfit. Jesus, <laughs> so he just pulled it out of his closet. But but I, a couple of the girls at work were looking over my shoulder when they saw it up on screen, going, "What are you looking at?" And there was there was like a French sailor option, and it was quite tight fitting and all that sort of stuff. And you looked at it and you thought, "That is that is straight off." That's a, that is a Mardi Gras outfit. It's like Popeye. Well, you, you, could, get, like, you could get... But with pop- arseless chaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... But you could get Popeye outfit with, like, inflatable forearms. Yeah, cool. So, anyway. Ricky Ponting wouldn't have needed them. 
Oh, no, no, he wouldn't. He had giant forearms. De- decent forearms. Wowza. Yeah. Or Quagmire. Quagmire, especially after <laughs> found, the in, found the internet. Oh, that's great. So anyway, it's just the, the whole... Well, the let whole... us know how that goes. We'll post a picture on Twitter. Well, we don't have to. <laughs> have we posted anything we've said we'd post? No. Probably not. I think we put the poll up last week and Bruce Dool got up. Oh, okay. Bruce Dool did get... Yeah, yeah Bruce narrowly beat out uh, John Nichols. Um, Jack Worrell, I think, got one vote. And that was yours? Which was shameful. And um, I think other police specify got a couple. You should put up a poll this week. Who's ever heard of Jack Warren? (laughs) (laughs) There'll be still one vote. I reckon a lot of people have dismissed him going. I don't know who that is. Yeah, the fact that he's a three-time premiership coach, the first professional coach in VFL football, whatever. (laughs) You've ever gotten a Carlton Stubby holder or a mug for Christmas and stuff. These stats are on the back of them. Or if you care about the club. Ooh. Ouch. Um, Fucking cop that. Talking about caring about the club. Let's. Did you guys, and, and I know we're going a little bit off track at the moment, but <laughs> that, that's what we do on There's the no Ian Prendercast. <laughs> we're in the, we're in the <laughs> desert. We're, we're, in, we're in bushland. We don't know which way is north. We, we're just, we're lost. No. Have you watched the draft highlights video that was released today about the Liam Stocker trade? No, I saw it. I watched it. For some reason, I watched it without sound. I don't know why. I just couldn't be bothered clicking to not, open not, the video. Not one of your better moves. <laughs> oh, just like, I don't know. Like, you see Bolts talking and he's... I don't like it. So, look, paraphrasing for it all, they are basically sitting there and, and they've obviously taken Sam Walsh to pick one and they're middle of the first round and, and, and they talk about it and they say, look, we rate Liam Stocker the sixth best, best player in the draft. Mm-hmm. And you're going, wow, that's... That's high. That's impressive. And, look, it gets to about pick 12 or 13 and he's still there. Now, evidently, Soss has had a discussion with Port Adelaide or at least a discussion with Port Adelaide and a discussion with Adelaide about the potential of doing the trade for the pick by trading our future pick for for whatever's on the clock and that team's future first rounder. Um, And both Port Adelaide and Adelaide were receptive. Now, anyway, they're basically saying, Soss rings Justin Reid and says... What did Port have? (laughs) They had 18... Wouldn't that have, okay? I thought that would have been a better. I can imagine, imagine uh, Justin Reed answering the phone and, and Sauce being like me with you, being like, "What do you want, Dick Face?" <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely how Sean answers my phone calls. I believe it. I believe it. Um, but so anyway, we were chasing pick sixteen off Adelaide, yep. and Adelaide's gone. Look, yeah, they were obviously receptive because they were sort of thinking what our first round could potentially mean. They're like, these guys are shit. But in the end, they've turned around and said, forever. no, we, we, we want to pick our player at 16. And then Reid said, well, I'll do... He's basically said, I'll do the trade with you now for pick 19. And Soss is like, well, it's only... There's only a point to doing that trade... If we get Stocker. ...if Stocker is still there at 19. If if we do the trade now and Fremantle or Port Adelaide at 17 and 18 take that player, it's all for naught because we don't want... Anybody else? Yeah, we don't just rent. Like, we don't want another pick in the first round. We're not getting pick nineteen. We're getting in our eyes. We're getting pick six. Yeah. So in the end, he's gone. Look at this. If he's still there, and he goes, oh, and Justin Reid goes, oh, who are you after? And he goes, mate, you're about to pick with pick sixteen. I'm not telling you who I'm picking with pick nineteen. And I think Justin Reid's gone. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> so is, is this your first fucking day, <laughs> Justin? <laughs> it's that thing. Sauce, I reckon, he's just dead set educating this guy into draft and trade craft. Mm. At every single conversation they seem to have. Anyway, in the end, uh, he goes, no, 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 we're going to use pick 16. He jumps on the phone to... What was uh, Sauce? I would have said someone completely different. Oh, yeah. No, I would have absolutely. gone, yeah, we're interested in uh, Buku Kamas. Yeah, that's right. Shout out to Buku. Yep. He, he makes the highlights of the 2018... Barely. 
2018. Oh, the laugh that the Buku Karmas announcement got on that podcast that was brilliant. Well, it was a little bit left it's, of it's centre. It's an Ian Prendergast highlight. You as know what? No, I, I just want to clarify a draft review. Highlight. I just want to clarify that the laugh the Buku Karmas thing got was because Tim knew who the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's got nothing to do with Buku or the fact that no. the name's funny. It, we, it was the fact well, that you've randomly gone Buku and proceeded to talk for five like, minutes. Like knew on, who this yeah, man everything was. Everything about this kid <laughs> who then didn't. Even, didn't even, didn't get drafted? No, no he, he got, yeah, got rookie. He got picked up he got in the end. We and wish Buku a uh, well, good career. We might sponsor him. Maybe. Depends on what it's worth. We could, I reckon <laughs> we could get him pretty cheap, to be honest. He's a category fucking 28 rookie. Or yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look, long story short, um, they talked to uh, Jason Cripps. Is that right? Is his name Jason uh, or is it Justin? Many, there's too many Cripps. The list manager at Port well, Adelaide. He might be. Jason Cripps. Well, it's not Jamie and it's not Patrick, so... We'll go yeah, with Jason. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It just didn't sound right. Um, he's gone, no, no, we want to pick at 18. We we, we like who we want here. We're, we're, we're set on this. Um, and then it rolls back to Justin Reed, and they're saying, all right, pick 19. Yo, are you in? And he's gone, yep, we're in. And then they've taken Stocker, and, and they'd been talking about it. And, you know, there was a couple of highlights and saying, oh, I see those kicks they did in that game up at Bendigo. It was a really windy day and all that sort of stuff. And his ability to be able to hit targets in that weather, they were just... They were full of appreciation for this kid, but they said he's a really hard, competitive kid. I like the look Obviously, of him. really like what he what he does. And and again, they've rated him in what's a really good draft. They've rated him the sixth best player. Which you sit there and you're going, well, it would stand to reason that if you've used pick one on Sam Walsh, Sam Walsh is your pick, is your mm. number one. It's probably let's say rank, best Rankin's available. two. Yeah, well, if Rankin's two, Lacocious is probably three. Max King's probably four. They're rating one other player ahead of Liam Stocker, Bailey Smith. Might not even be Bailey Smith. I I actually agree with. I, I come around. Away, take away all the academy players. I've take I've come around to Tim's line of thinking though with Bailey Smith that once again, not saying that he's not going to be a good player, but I just there's something about that story that makes me think his ceiling is closer to his ceiling. Dan, it could be Daniel Rich. He's closer to his ceiling now than yep. anyone he else ends around. Up being him. more a more than serviceable football. Daniel player. Rich will no retire issue. having played 250 games of footy, but I would argue when he retires, his best footy is almost as. Was almost when he entered the system. Yes, and I'm not once again not not grudging the kid. But if we can get a if we can get an 18 year old Daniel Rich in our team right now, you'd take him. It just depends on what he have to give up to be able to get him. Yeah, no, I agree completely. But it's just that Smith. I was looking and think all that stuff about he's just been so diligent. It's good on him, but I just reckon that eventually you just you can't go anywhere else. No, that's right. You can't go further than that. And but I think the unless one, he takes drugs. Yeah, well, the one thing you generally find in footy, and and we talked about this the last couple of weeks about a really good quarterback in the NFL. Mm. The test is under pressure, under pressure, how do you go? Yep. How do you respond? And we, and we always we talked about Kane Lucas and we all oh, you know, when you saw Kane Lucas's highlights, he was a capable footballer, but the that's, problem that's was the problem. He was a capable player. And I remember seeing his highlights and thinking the fuck is this? Yeah. But you just see that, and mm. under pressure, he didn't make good decisions, and under pressure, and he, he, he couldn't scout, execute. It's hard to see elite kids under adequate pressure. Correct, and that's why when you got your NFL reference, Sean, you look at Carson Wentz, and he was not in, even in Division One; he was in Division Two. Was North Dakota State, wasn't he? Yeah, the worst offensive line yeah, available. Yeah. His, his receivers were horrible, but they go, and he's still making it work. Yeah. Whereas on the flip side, Matt Leinert. Went very high. The classic. The Matt, classic. Matt Leinert had every tool available to him. Yep. And that's why you get your you get linemen from Alabama. Yep. And you'll get, you know, your safeties from Alabama. You're not getting 
running backs and you're not getting quarterbacks out of Alabama because they've had it too easy. Too easy. Because it's not that... Because yeah. the opposition's too good at NFL level. Yeah. You've got to get guys that have had to graft yeah. and be under pressure and still perform. Yeah. Having said that, I did see... Remember when we got Patrick Cripps and I looked at his highlights and I was like, this this looks like a fat kid. Yeah. He was. He was, was, he like, was heavy. I was like, fuck. I was like, what's this guy? I yeah. wrote him off. So his third game, we're at the MCG. We're playing Melbourne. I was there with uh, with JK. Shout out to JK. Um, As in Jamiroquai? No, no, my uh, Funky, John, John Kirikidis. Cosmic yeah. Girl. So I'm sitting, JK's seats are on Olympic stand, so opposite to where, not where yours are, the other pocket. Redundant. I, um, sorry? Keep going. No, no, no. So he's sitting next, he sits next to Husey. No shout out to Husey. Has Husey ever come? I don't think, I, I reckon I've seen Husey at the football. Yeah, no, I, he I, was there. I sit near Husey. I reckon he, I've he, seen he Husey. Sh- he shit came Bryce Gibbs for four quarters, right? And we just looked at a couple of Husey. Plays. Yeah, we looked at a couple of plays involving Patrick Cribbs, and I've turned to John and gone, "This kid doesn't have it." Yeah, you say that a lot about everyone. Fucking Matt Kennedy, people were running away from him. Matt Kennedy played six quarters, four of them with a busted Achilles, and he's going, "Doesn't have it." He's no, 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 no. Correct yourself. I said I haven't seen anything from Matthew Kennedy yet. I haven't written him. You've written off Samo. You've written off Matt Kennedy. You've written off Plowman. I'm not going to say that these guys are going to turn into elite footballers. I haven't seen it yet. Well, you're not going to. It's not going to be. No, everyone's going to be as obvious as Andrew Walker, where you go, yeah, I'll see it. I'll see it. And he's taken 5,000 marks and had 85,000 possessions. And then we didn't see it for eight years <laughs> after that. But you've got to see something that makes you go, put mm. that away. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Um, what else have you got for me? Anything on football? What are we talking about? Yeah, well, we, 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 got the off the, we got off the list of uh, season highlights. We were talking AFL. We're still on season highlights. I, I don't know. I'm not saying we're that we're not. Before, then all of a sudden we turn into... I want to have a shout-out, positive shout-out. Okay, here we go. So, shout-out to... Mm, yeah, right. That's we're going to go right back to the start of the year. Shout-out to the Alex greatest Billen. of all time. Oh, definitely not Alex Bill. <laughs> no. Roger Federer. Yeah. Won the Australian Open. Good highlight. Grand Slam number 20. Absolute yep. champion, um, played a really good final against uh, the old nemesis, Mr. Nadal. I heard someone on the radio calling him, what was it? Rafa. Rafa. Who was that? And it was weird. Yeah, but he, and he kept saying He kept saying Rafa. Was it... Um, it was bizarre. Jack, Jack Heverin or whatever it was. It, is. Yeah, it was Jack Heverin. Was on I was ECN. listening to it at the same time I, you I'm, were. I was driving home and I was thinking... Was that there we were saying that Rafa... May retire. May retire yeah. at the end of this year. And or I, next year. Oh, yeah. Because he's a little bit like Leighton Hewitt, yeah. and he's such a hard-running, physical foot, what I keep footballer. To I was going to say tendonitis, and and it's, I'm, I might get burnt by Novak, but I've always said Rafa. Uh, so Rafa and Novak, they play ballistic, physically exhaustive game. Their bodies don't won't last like Rogers. It's messy. Roger does it too easily. It's yeah. Messi and Ronaldo. It, it, they're different, but they're not going to. It's Messi and Ronaldo. Rogers, Messi. He's just yeah. the beautiful, everything's very natural. And Rafa's the fucking bull. The bull, He's the yeah. power, physical, whatever. And but look, Roger at the Australian Open, um, it was it was fantastic. It was a brilliant tournament, and he won his way through to the final, and he wins the final. And, um, yeah, to be able to see him climb the mountain one more time, because yep. you're not sure what comes next for him, obviously, in terms of Grand Slams, and it might be the last one, but um, it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. 
And I, I just thought about it then. I went, because I wrote down another one I'm going to give it a negative shout-out to. Um, but I just thought that was, for, for me, in the tennis world, I kind of keep a little bit of an eye on the tennis. That was the highlight. Oh, absolutely. Roger just – and he played beautiful, beautiful tennis. And and I think we've talked about the tennis of the last two decades, really, almost, um, or decade and a half at least, and and, and having those, you know, four absolute stars, and and that's probably – and almost five if you throw in Vavrinka with Murray as well. Yeah, yeah Stan stands for five. Like, you, you, your three is... Like, and the thing is, Vavrinka was be, was able to compete when he was at his absolute peak. Yeah. But he's needed to be at his absolute peak. In the, in the same way that Hewitt in, and his successes was when the body was right and he was at, at, at his physical and mental, you know, peak. Mm. But it was, also there was a little bit of a downturn, yeah, yeah in, in the years. And, and I think this is what it's shown is... You need Nadal on song, and you need Djokovic on song to keep the absolute. Yeah, like to have tennis at eleven is the way like, that I, I'm thinking about it. To, like they're untouchable that group mm. when they're at their best. Murray's best tennis has very been good. fantastic, but he hasn't been able to sustain it. Whereas Federer has, and the reality is, Federer's probably dropped off his best, yeah. but he's gone from his eleven back to ten, and and the others and you know the below is- that top four. Don't can't get to that even. They're very very significant. Federer is 137 years old. Yes, but to beat (laughs) him every pod to beat him, Joe Wilford Song has had a big win against him. Joe Wilford Song has to play the match of his life. Yeah, he does. To beat him, Kevin Anderson has to play the match of his life. To beat him, Marin Cilic has to play the match of his life. To beat him, Juan Martin Del Potro has to play the match of his life. Yep, and he's 38, 37 years old. Yep. 36 years old, maybe. But he's, you know, you think he's about not it. young. And it's like, it's just the marvel of the man is even in his latter years, they have to beat him. Yep. Mm. And it's like, it's still so difficult. And he doesn't, yeah, you don't have he, a game, oh, Roger didn't turn up. He might on the circuit, but yeah. not in grandstand. He, he might make errors, but he's competing to the absolute last mm. point. But and just the way he plays the game, it's just like, you sit there and go, we're so lucky that people sort of of our age have, you know, it's so easy to throw out the greatest of all time and people are very much coloured by what they have seen. But Roger Federer is the best tennis player of all time. Oh, he's, and he's been beautiful to watch doing it. Rafa's amazing. Michael Jordan, I was going to say, the best basketballer of all time type thing. Yeah, Tiger, Woods at his, all time. Tiger Woods, you know, in that period where he was just dominant in a sport that is so individual and is so challenging to the individual, for Tiger to do what he did so quickly yes. for that window of time was just exceptional. You know, Jack uh, Jack Nicholas, oh, is it still ahead of him major wise? Major wise, but he got Sam Snead. But he got to. I think like Tiger got to fourteen in just unbelievable time. He's just winning. Yeah, and and the way that they talked about the the volume of work that he was doing in training was three times as much as what anybody else was doing. So he he just understood his game. His body was behaving. Everything was right, and he was confident. And he built that. He built that. the hysteria around him, but mm. everyone was afraid and just saying, "Oh well, when Tiger's lurking, and that's why look out." I, like I'm, I hate golf. I hate it. It's the I most like it. boring thing in the world. It's, oh, to it, watch, yeah. Oh man, so good when, for highlights. I loved. I loved in a weird sort of way. I remember waking up the morning of the the Open when when it was after the fact, but he'd made his charge, and you know you open up Twitter and it's sort of where you left it. Yeah, sorry, Sam Snead is still ahead of Tiger in overall tour wins. Not uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. you know, you flick through Twitter, you wake up, and I'm just flicking through. And I, I go to bed, you know, you go to bed at 10.30, whatever it might be, and you wake up at 6, and you're sort of just flicking through, oh, what's happened in the meantime. And 
the hysteria, the word you just used, as Tiger was coming, oh. as he was making his charge up the leaderboard. That's in a Hooters, the hysteria when he was tight when Tiger was coming was, was off the another level. Um, but when <laughs> he, was, he was he was he was climbing that leaderboard and you, in in sort of delayed but real time flicking through it was, and I'm sort of sitting there going, oh, don't tell me you fucking won. Can you imagine what it would have like, been don't like? Don't tell on me, course. don't tell me he's won. And you're yeah. flicking through it and you're going, he's fucking, he's in it. The seventeenth yeah. or eighth, you're going, oh my god, you're going, oh, and he, whoever beat him was it uh, Molinari, ended yeah. up winning, whatever. But just that, I love it. It was fantastic. That was another good moment. I don't like golf, but in a weird sort of way to experience that like that happened. It was, his uh, three it was great. wins. His three wins away from the all-time. Because he's got... He, he Samson's on 82 and Tiger's on 80. For tour wins. Tour wins. And is it 18-14 in majors? In majors... Uh, I, oh, sorry, I went to sort by majors and it just... Yeah, just, you know, worked out. Uh, so Jack Nicholas is 18, Tiger's 14. Yeah, yep. so he, but he got to 14 quick. Lickety split. Yeah. He was unbeatable, and it was like this guy might end up winning 30. Yeah, that, well, that was, was like, the, the thinking, yeah. But my other, this guy, my other uh, shout out. This isn't a good shout out. Shout out to Serena Williams. That was disgraceful. <laughs> wasn't great. It was absolutely yeah. disgraceful. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. Was, I think she's gotten the adulation and the recognition for her, her brilliance. Oh yeah, so absolutely. When she acts like a pork chop. She should be called out on. Being well, like, and people were afraid to do it, and and there shouldn't yeah, be because of the, the world we live in, Tim. I'm sorry, yeah. mate. No, no, I don't. I'm agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's people like you who are just oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, you're just so politically fucking correct at times, and it drives me insane. You can criticise your face. Yeah, irritating me. I think what frustrated me was a lot of people in the media are just. It's just they're too scared to say anything. Fear of back. Andy Ma. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Andy Ma. No, but what it is, that's the opinion of 1% of the population, yeah. while the other 99 talk socially and can't say. Now, I'm not saying... All we needed was someone to say, Serena... Poor behaviour. Poor behaviour. Poor sports Think about the example you're setting to young women. Correct. Not for everything else, just how you're behaving. Yep. Well, if you don't right. want to think about that, just the, think about post, how you're being perceived. That's it. Yep. And in the press conference, you can say, I don't think men would have gotten treat, treated that way. You know, I thought we were beyond that. If that's your opinion, you know, that we would like to play hard and not, you know, get penalised for silly things, but your behaviour on court was horrific. Yep. You set an appalling Male or female, for, it was shit. For young yep. children. It's like when you, you know, like you... you you start telling a little white lie about something and then all of a sudden, rather than just come clean and go, yeah, fucking, yeah, like whatever, you just keep digging yeah, and you keep making a more elaborate story about, initially it was something really innocent and I couldn't go and get the milk because of blah, blah, and then it becomes bigger, it gets bigger and it gets bigger and bigger. That's what happened with Serena. All she had to do was say, look, I felt like I was being harshly dealt with. Maybe, you know, a man wouldn't have been dealt like dealt with this dealt in this manner in a similar situation, blah, blah, blah. So I was frustrated. But at least own your behaviour and go, look, in the end, I'm disappointed with how I reacted. Um, and if I had my time again, I'd like to... I said it on pod. Whatever. That's exactly what we're talking that. about. I, and I just said, I've got white line fever. You've got white line fever. I've seen you, Timber. I'm not disagreeing. Right. I'm one of the worst guys. I have no. I have no. What do they call the? What do they call the lane? What do they call the lane ropes in swimming? Uh, they call them lane ropes. There you go. Once he gets under those bad boys, <laughs> you better believe you got a challenger. What she did on the court in the heat of the moment, I can always forgive that because people do stupid shit. But, but it's trying to placate it yeah. afterwards. She doubled All she had down. To do was come out afterwards and go. Yeah. 
I probably shouldn't have carried on like that. And I should have Not my it. finest hour. She's <laughs> doubled down. Everything would, everything would have gone away. And people go, you've been one of the greatest of all time because... She yeah. and no one wanted to call her out. No. And this doesn't take away the, the WTA. The, the WTA fucking got involved and were like... Didn't they find her like $2,000? Didn't they get involved and they were like kind of defending her a bit? Oh, oh people like Jean King and that. You're making yourselves look bad. Yeah, you're oh, totally. look like an idiot. Totally. So, just... And I... I think but imagine if Nick Kyrgios had done what she oh, did. Oh, my God. I mean, they would have teed off. Like, there is there, is, there is, no shits given with Nick Kyrgios. They they, they are scathing on him because he's award? got no credits in the bank. Ash Barty drew. Ash Barty's had a great season. John Millman. Okay, is John, is, did he win the award for... Is it John Millman? No, it was a young oh, Alex Dimonor. Yeah, that's all. Alex Dimonor. I always right. get him mixed up. Alex What's Dimonor. the award for? Is it just for a the, feel-good award? It's the Tennis Player of the Year. Yeah, it's the John Newcomb medal. Alex Dimonor. Right, will not beat Nick Kyrgios in a match of tennis. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure of that. Yeah, well, no, it'd be a good matchup. Look, nah. He's now top thirty in the world. He started the started Who's the season two hundredth in the world. Is the best. It's like when Sean's argument. You, you you award an MVP to Russell Westbrook, and you award an MVP to this. LeBron James is the most valuable player in the NBA every single year. Simple. Yeah, and I understand that. But the problem with Nick Kyrgios is he's uh, wildly inconsistent. So you don't know what you're going to get. He could turn I up. I think and, Alex Dimonor is the best. I'm not saying is he could. Nick, he had Nick, the best year. Nick Kyrgios could turn up at Wimbledon like he did. Fucking feels like 50 years ago and beat Rafa. Yep. Rafa yep. beats Rafa out on the grass, yep. and we're all going, "Holy shit, this guy's going to break through!" Yep. And he like, didn't you lose the next round? Yeah, probably. What? Like just Feliciano Lopez or someone? Just closing on the Serena thing, and Sean and I talk about this a lot off pod. Not this particular topic. Not this particular. No, no. What I'm about to get to. I I share this opinion. Sean's agree with me at times. I'm going to wait and see if that's the um, case. I think if you don't criticise people like Serena for her behaviour and everything, rather than just patting her on the back saying, oh, yeah, sticking up for this and sticking up, you're actually being... What's the word I used to use, Sean? I've got no idea what you're talking about. I've forgotten the word as well. It's kind of like... You're being selective in... Yeah, but you're not, you're not paying them the due respect. Yep. It's like with the AFLW. We're all there to champion women's football and give them a go and everything else. But if we act... We're patronising. You're patronising them when you don't criticise them when they need to be criticised. Yep, yep. Now, Andy Mark, good on him. Andy's great, right? He goes there and he supports women's football and stuff. But your opinion means nothing when you don't criticise the... When they make mistakes. Now, men, it's open slather. Yeah. You're being patronising to the women. Well, it's almost like when you're... don't criticise them in the same... I'm not saying to go nuts at them, because I don't understand. Don't judge them against the men. Judge them against themselves. Yeah. And I think the similarity is there is now a reluctance to criticise an umpire because we have so few umpires. Hmm. We... you, you, You... You're holding back criticism that you would say... That's just not professional enough. That's a bad error. Yep. But everybody makes errors, but they don't want to bring it to the surface too mm. much. But I think at the end of the day, if there's been a howler, call it out for what it is. And in the same way, like if, if, if you, I hear what you're saying. We're trying to hold AFLW to a, and all women, to a higher all, all standard. Women's sport, not just AFL, yep. all women, so Serena, AFL. Mate, don't be patronising. Yeah. Call it for what it is. Call it for what... And not as in a comparison to men. No, that's not what we are saying. No, no. But 
be, but be at on. your own standard, if there's an error, call the error for what it is. I think the interesting thing with AFLW is in a lot of instances, you've got a few elite, say, netballers or basketballers or hockey players mm. that have made the transition. Now, what you're getting is a genuine elite athlete coming into a high-level women's football program. Yep. Um, and they're able to stand up to the level because they're an elite athlete. Yep. But because you're a non-footballer... Mm. You look at times like a non-footballer, and yeah. I mean, we always saw Satanta help, and you know, yeah, but, super athlete. But he, but, but we call him out when he, you, right. you go, okay, look, like he's learn, he's learning, I'm he's not an Irishman, to, but to just saying these these women. No, no, no not but at all. It's like I said, it's patronising to them if you don't give them the due respect they require. Carlton, we all follow Carlton <laughs> in the AFLW. Yep, we have underachieved two years in a row for the squad we reckon we have and the players, the talent we've got. Did you see, read an article anywhere about Carlton's AFLW team underperforming in 2018? No, but bloody well they should were have. They were terrible. horrific. They were terrible. And we obtained two of the best players, supposed players in the AFLW, they, Taylor Harris because, and Nicholas Stevens. Because media so types, you've yeah. touched on it a bit, media types abstain from criticising for fear of, you're not supporting the game. Go, no, I'm and being... And that's, and, that's what I, and that's what I call bullshit. I'm on. being critical. I'm actually supporting the game because I actually want to see I, I, it. I'm interested. I'm yeah. interested. I'm watching and I'm forming they an want it to be. They want it to be... They, they use the term Mickey Mouse a lot. We don't want it to be a Mickey Mouse tournament. We yeah. don't want it to be a Mickey Mouse tournament. You go, well, if you want it to be more serious, taken more seriously, treated more seriously, then that's what comes with it. Yeah. The expectation mm. of, geez, you're shit house this year. Yeah. You're not being coached well. You're playing you're terribly. you demand for better. Bloody like... Whilst it remains as just everyone's mates, it's all fun and games, then it fucking goes nowhere. Yeah. That's the reality. That's right. Treat everyone equal, Tim. Equality. And by equal, mean equal. Yeah. Across yeah. the board. I think they should be paid the same money. Sorry? I think they should be paid the same money as men. That's that's the, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> you threw some bait and I just went, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, 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 no that's no, a lure. That is a lure. If I'm um, going to get if I'm going to get hooked in, I at least want a little bit of feed. <coughs> Has anyone else got anything for us? I'm surprised we've gone this long without. Uh, oh, look! Throughout the year, I uh, I gave a bit of a shout out to uh, our little uh, Kenyan mate that broke the mar- marathon world record. Oh, sorry. Yep. No, I just I always sort of say. Yeah, but he didn't name? break it in. Did he? But he didn't his break it. His name was Kipruto, Kipruto, or whatever. Such a fan. Shout probably, out to a bloke Tim doesn't know the <laughs> name of. <laughs> I was going to say probably should have done a little bit more homework on this, but Very I had closely it, watching but this thrown man. at me uh, with uh, ten minutes notice. Um, but, uh, was this the guy that though? But he broke it. But he broke it under very controlled, illegal circuit. Or was that that Nike thing that they were doing? Was that no, something no, else? No, no, I think he won. I was thinking of that, that that Nike thing, which was quite cool, where the guy broke a was it a marathon in under two hours or something. But well, he no, was running well, with it's pace. Still ha- it still hasn't happened. That no, hasn't no, happened but he was yet. running with pace setters and he was yeah, running okay. it. They'd, they'd optimised. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you have a guy out in front that's just... You, you could basically have four individual guys running a 10K. That's what they did. And just step in and this guy's just dragging along behind him. But as you say, that's not a, a proper race and all amazing. that sort of stuff. They, this guy's Better done than it in, fucking in a, a Fennington race. Yeah, exactly right. Um, well, I just think that you need to... You're talking about the limbo guy? Oh, yeah. I think that you, you know what you need to do? What's his name? Johnny... Be- uh, uh, Johnny Bairstow. It's not Johnny Bairstow. He's the wicketkeeper for... Uh, England. Johnny... Cochran. No. <coughs> Johnny Barker. If the glove, glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> yeah. um, I just think that I'm only interested... I'm find this bloke's name. In his notebook, of course. Um, it's like a Rolodex. I think that what we need when we're seeing these pursuits, you know, the marathons and all that kind of crap, I don't want to see 
guys really struggling like your your twins last week who were battling to get over the line and all that crap. I want to see guys peak physical, like just optimum fucking nonsense where this guy's running a marathon in 40 minutes. Brownlee. Johnny Brownlee. Johnny Brownlee. Good stuff. Shout out to Johnny. Um, Took me. Um, can I give a shout out? Yeah, please. What about... Uh, oh, you can no, you can't. Thing. I'm going to interrupt. Um, what about our mate Horn? Jeff Horn. Well, I was going to touch on that a little bit later because I find it funny how in the first half of the year, in the pre-Tim Davis era, in the Alex Billen months, Alex would bang on every single podcast about boxing and nothing was happening. No, yep. nothing. A lot of Tyson speculation. Fury, Tyson a lot Fury of speculation. Wilder that actually fought and we had no idea that it was happening. Mate, I got no interest in Deontay Wilder v. Tyson Fury. I got more interest in... It was a controversial draw. I got more interest in... Did you see how quickly... Um, Tim. Sorry. We need to talk about the main event. Kawhi <laughs> Agnolo v. Vagrant. Oh, no. Outside... Let's, let's, let's not go. Outside... What is, what's this place called? Outside the office. We'll office, the office. One we, 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 don't, we don't want it to become a uh, like a pilgrimage. You know, people come in here and pay and res- pay live shows. To the, uh, live shows in front of twelve people. So um, um, basically, you, you Fabian, beat some up. basically Fabian was um, assaulted by was a man assaulted. and a letterbox. I'll use I'll use less less uh, aggressive language. Can I tell the story and you just correct me <laughs> if I get things wrong? <laughs> you just put some mayo on the story. Go this okay. So this is. Fabian told me the story earlier whilst I was eating my McDonald's. And um, the fucker didn't give me any sauce, by the way, for my nuggets. But who came to the rescue? Fabian. Fabian had his a box. What do you have? A sweet and sour sauce. Three, three week left leftover sauce. Yeah. There you go. There's a reason they don't give you pockets, kid, because you're a dumbass. Like, you're ordering nuggets. Give me the fucking sauce. The nuggets, maybe the sauce needs to be strapped to the fucking box. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, I digress. But do you recall a couple of weeks ago yeah, I know. that Sean told us, I, I always get sauce with my nuggets, mate, I don't 100%. Know you, I don't know how you, this shit goes down in the northern suburbs, but out my way, you order nuggets it's hard to call this the and you suburbs. get sauce. Kind of the... In the north? Yeah, very in the north. Well, we sort of said we ordered, specifically ordered two barbecue sauces four weeks ago. They repeated... They repeated the order. I back. had no reason to check the bag because yeah. he asked and sweet and sour got sauce. There, just sweet and sour sauce. No, bar- not not a barbecue. I got, yeah, to but be that's, seen. that's I got nothing. And Zero. Tim loves the neck of barbecue sauce. Anyway, I did enjoy that. I'm eating my nuggets. A bit desperate. Fabian comes to the rescue with the sauce. I'm sitting there and enjoying it, half paying attention because he's telling a story. It's a lot of detail. Very few details. And anyway, he was telling me about how he was holding a bag, which I was kind of like, it's not. that's not terribly important. So anyway, Fabian's carrying a bag Hold on, of, you've drawn a conclusion that comes back to the bag. So was it important in the end? Not really. Okay. Be the judge. Fabian is going out to the mailbox on the uh, pavement, which is you know just, just out the front of the office. With a bag of drugs. With a bag of drugs <laughs> and a tender in an A4 envelope which he has to mail, because otherwise he don't get paid. So he walks out, he's holding the envelope in one hand, he's holding the bag of drugs in the lower part of that hand, and he goes to open the letterbox. As he's doing this, he senses he senses on the sidewalk a dirty vagrant. I didn't sense anybody. Eyeing him, like he's sort of thinking, this guy's getting a bit close. He's getting a bit close to me. Anyway. I could see someone walking. I just assume it's another pedestrian. But Anyway. I'm not telling the story, apparently. He goes to do it, and then just as he's about to get the, the vagrant bum rushes him, pushes him 
into the mailbox. <laughs> so he's he's like you know like pressed up against it. No, no, I've, I've gone. Shut this. up! I'm telling the story. He's pressed up against the mailbox and he turns, and then just as he turns around, the guy throws a punch, has a swing, but because he's, got, he's, he's loosely got it, he has a swing. Some facts, right? Fabian. Sees it coming because he's he's just extraordinary. He's thrown it from the cheap seats, yeah. and, he's, <laughs> he and Fabian's an elite athlete. Yeah. Fabian's his hand eye is remarkable, and that we're going to get to that. Above elite, I'm in that. We're going to get to that. It's like Michael Capitan, quick reflexes. He, th- he throws the punch. Rest up, bro. I think he was the one who was um, wasn't allowed a goal keep because of his religious beliefs, wasn't it? <laughs> That's right. Um, it's Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> it's part of the doctrine. Can't goal keep. Can't use your hands. It's called football. So anyway, this guy throws the punch. Fabian sees it coming, Spider-Man style, and just ducks a bit. This duck is is enough to get him out of the way directly. The guy, dodge, not a duck. The guy ends up getting him in like the throat, just below the chin, you know, the cheek area, gets him in the throat. At the junction (laughs) between my shoulder and and throat. But unfortunately, Fabian, in his haste to get out of the the way, smashes his face against the (laughs) mailbox. Causing the same damage he would have if he'd just taken the punch. Taken the punch. (laughs) But on the other side. So rattled by this, you know, he's coming together with the mailbox. He staggers. He's got the Oz Post logo like imprinted on his face. (laughs) He staggers up. The guy gets to go have another bit of a go at him. But Fabian, no, not on. Throws his own cut lunch, connects with the man's face, flush. It's like. Like, Cross the jaw. It's like fight night. You know, it slows down in the game. It slows Roar. down and you get like the jaw breaking. Yes. So Fabian gets it. So you busted this bloke's jaw. Cuts a bit of his fingers because he obviously... Jaw, but anyway. Cuts a few of his fingers, his knuckles, where he's no, hit the guy's teeth. Teeth, yep. Anyway, the dirty vagrant... Side cheek, no teeth. The dirty vagrant is just stunned. He's out. He's, he's like... <laughs> the others never fight back. This pod's <laughs> going to go for an hour and a half and half an hour of it's going to be this I'm entertained. Story. So the vagrant, is he's, he's, he's rattled. He's absolutely rattled. Fabian stares him down and says, you want to go, cunt? <laughs> there was no dialogue. At which point the vagrant said, no, nah, I'm right. And then just disappeared into the night. So after all that, he got 90, I'll say give him 85%. I got enough accuracy. Right. That's impressive. I got pushed from the side, <laughs> not into the mailbox, but I'm holding this shoot down with my left hand. That's what you said. You said he pushed so you. The only reason I didn't fall... Over because you were hanging onto the shoot, hanging onto the shoot. So I'm on the like I've kind of pivoted around the post box, and I'm on the side of it. Well, you're like Axel Foley. What, what are you way out truck. of interest? Me? Yeah, I'd be a bit one twenty. So you're hanging onto the hinge of a letterbox, very sturdy, and it's holding you up. These fuckers are it's a good fucking letterbox. Mate, these fuckers are secure. They have really? to be. People try to that probably hurt Jimmy the most, like the wrists, like holding onto that to that latch, and then and then as I've because I'm kind of, I've gone, not down, like I've slipped. Mm. If it wasn't me holding on, I would have been on the floor. And as I've come up, like I just, I see him throwing a punch and I have. I've gone to dodge, but He's I've gone it. straight into the side of the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone as far right as I could and I hit the mailbox. And he's hit me at the junction between the shoulder and the... And was he trying to pinch your drugs or what? Well, I have no been, idea what the well, fuck he was he doing. Was but he was trying to pinch his drugs. So then, I as, I, as he's done that... I've just kind of got up and thrown one of my own. Maybe he was someone from like, maybe he was an undercover, he was someone from like GTA and he was trying to steal your tender. Steal your tender. I'm liking it. Love me tender. And that's what he was trying to do. I think it was Alex Billen dressed up as a dirty vagrant. I wouldn't have gone down with a push if it was Alex Billen. 
I think it was Alex Billen, and he thought, I'm going to line this guy up and get him. So, and yeah, did. no, I threw a punch, connected, it was staggered, and then he kind of, I think, oh, I personally think it was either pissed or high or whatever. Maybe he just had a look at you and thought, I can take and this guy. And then he did take this 120 kilo monster. I can and didn't take want this. any anything else. I wasn't prepared to give anything else. I, and, can t- uh, I can take this water buffalo. I came into the office and, yeah, continued to work. All right. Just digressing ever so slightly, I got an email today saying that Irwin Consult has been bought out by WSP. I've got no idea what that is. So Joe Bruno and Corneliopoulos, all part of the w- Shout WSP out to group. Shout out to Con. So I reckon Joe's... Got a, uh, there's probably a chance that Con does listen to this. Hopefully well, he I does. hope he does. Jeez, if he doesn't. Well, if, if Tim actually did some... Uh, Send us a text message, Con. Promotion. Yeah, I should do more. Yeah. We'll leave that for 2019. But, uh, yep. What were you going to review our marketing strategies? Uh, we were talking uh, Jeff Horn, Anthony uh, Mundine, uh, mate, uh, Tyson uh, Fury, and Deontay Wilder. It started too late for anybody. Yep. Right. And, um, it was ridiculously late. And there was nothing. I don't even think Anthony Mundine was hit that hard. I, re- I reckon two things happened. I reckon Horn punched his glove, and his own glove hit him in the face. Yeah. And I reckon when he hit the ground, his head hit the, the canvas because he was he was cooked. He didn't get no. like sometimes exactly what you sort of said before. Sometimes when you see, but the once punch, he came to, he he was fine, which yeah. goes to show that it wasn't an overly traumatic. No, thing. I'm not saying he, he faked it. No, not at all. I just think he wasn't hit. That you got hard. ten. You got ten seconds to shake it off and be ready to go. And mod, you was hit a lot harder than I was hit. I'm not not trying. Oh, yeah, to... yeah, no, no, absolutely. Mm. Well, I don't know that your bloke was a professional fighter. Just. You dirty vagrant. So uh, could have been a golden glove for all we know. But well, who knows? Who knows? You may have one of the toughest jaws going around, but uh, all, all shoulders, as it turns out, clavicle. <laughs> well, good, good to hear you've um, you've come back in one piece, Fabian. Because yeah. God undefeated, undefeated, and still no champion of the nature strip. <laughs> if anyone wants to fuck with me out in the nature strip, yeah, no, it's That's so a big where, dog's where was house. This post- Postbox. You walked past it. So you posted it in there. Because didn't you say you were having to go to council? That was today. Do we want to go through my entire diary? To, no. To oh, I this? thought it was one and the same. No, 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 anyway. no, no. It was yesterday that I, I got to... Got assaulted. It was an attempted assault, let's be honest. Mate. It didn't succeed in assault. Mate, you're lucky you've escaped with your life by the sounds of that this guy was not to be trifled with. Well, Tony offered to... Uh, be my personal bodyguard for the next two days. Tony, Tony goes gets a go, goes and gets his soccer coaching tracksuit and his sunglasses. Tony used to, in the winter, used to tuck the pants into the socks, so the bottom of the pants didn't get muddy. Didn't get muddy. But remember, as a kid, like when his socks have got have muddy, your pants like now the fashion is you know tight around the ankles. Yeah. When we were like, you had to have they're like dragging boot, on the ground, like boot cut, right? And that's what and that's what you trained in. Like, you got muddy around the ankles because that was you know you had to be hit. Yeah. And my dad wanted me to go and tuck my pants into my socks, and I was like, Nah, it ain't happened, Tony. It ain't, ain't happened. I'd rather wear shorts. <coughs> shout out to Tony. Always shout out to Tony. Um, what are we moving Although, on to next? Tony only gives us a listen every every now and then. Whereas Sophie, Sophie listens to the podcast every single week. Who's Sophie? That's my mum. Mum. Oh. Shout out to Sophie. <coughs> I don't think so, Marg's lift, no, no, listened my, to a single one. The point I was trying to make initially was that Alex basically gave us a rundown of these two guys every podcast. I don't think we're not interested in watching. Uh, and then, we had a build up to last weekend and gave it nothing. Is what you're saying? I think yeah, we're only interested. No, no, I'm in, saying, but then what? not even a phone call or a text to say, "Hey guys, these guys are fighting." I don't think Alex even knows. But um, so it was a draw. 
I don't know much about it. But Controversial draw, apparently. Either way, one of these guys, the big fight is one of these guys going up against Joshua, Anthony Joshua. Yep. So. I think it's wild to Joshua. Yeah, you reckon? Mm. Well, hasn't really gotten past Tyson Fury yet, but. No, no, he hasn't. It's fair to say that. Um, what do we got on next? Do we, got do we want to talk today's I, cricket? Can I give a shout out before you do it for God's sake? Especially please. if I'm going to interrupt Test. He's been waiting twenty cricket. minutes to give this shout. No, out. I just want to give a shout out to Steph Gilmore. Oh wow! Yeah, number seven. Oh. She's equaled Lane Beachley's uh, record for seven of uh, seven world titles. That's a fantastic achievement. It's amazing. She's, she's one of the all-time great Australian sports. Keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find people, this. not just f- sports women, sports people. I'm going to see if I can find. No, this I agree, and, and I mean. I think as a general rule, a surfer... Lane Beachley is revered in in. Oh, no, in, look, in she is. Absolutely. And but Steph's, I was going to say, in, in general, this is look, this is a generalisation of a... Uh, this probably isn't even necessarily stereotypes of, of athletes in general. But I think with a surfer, you're outdoorsy, you're sort of, you know, at one with the earth, but you're pretty cruisy, you're pretty relaxed, and as a general rule... That's what I hate about you, it. Well, I just think... I just think there's not as many egos in surfing. I think everybody's very respectful of what one another's doing. That's what I hate about it as well. Really? They're all, they all get off. They all, like, say, say we're all, say I've surfed a, we'll do a little role play here. Say I've surfed a heat against Fab. Yep. And I'm like, I have to beat Fab in, it's not even like a quarterfinal, semifinal. I have to beat Fab in like the second round of the Rip Curl Pro to win the world title. And Fab like beats me by you know a poofteenth of a point, and in a really purely subjective voting system as it is, yeah, no one knows yeah. how it works. So I lose the world title to Timbo. We get out of the water. Oh, I'm just so wrapped for Fab. He's just been such a competitor. Oh, I'm just so wrapped for Fab. He's so good. He so deserves this second round matchup against like Chico or whatever his name <laughs> is. Guys, oh, so good. Now Tim, Tim deserves. Tim deserves the title. I'm just stoked. I'm so stoked for Tim. It's like get fucked. <laughs> Show some fucking edge. Oh. But as you say, if that's what your year comes down to, oh. that there's that moment that it's the same thing where you go, oh, Lewis Hamilton will win so long as he finishes better than ninth. Well, he's going to do that. Oh, you know, my unless God. Unless he has something go wrong with him. But uh, it, it, and then who's the other chick? Who's the other chick that she's sort of dropped woman. off the face of the earth? Um, the other Aussie girl. Oh, Steph, uh, Sally Fitzgibbon. See, that's the one. Sally Fitzgibbon. That's how she talks. She's great. She's a good looking girl. Me and Kelly have this discussion. Beautiful looking girl, but as soon as she opens her mouth, Ooh. she's probably like the David Beckham, but in reverse. Like <laughs> great, David Beckham, great. all women go, David Beckham, jeez, he's good looking, but when he opens his mouth, like... He spoils it. Sally Fitzgibbon, very attractive woman, but yeah, no, horrible, don't talk. Yeah. Horrible. But no, Steph Gilmore, seven, so she's equal at the top of the mountain for, for the women. Yeah, no, very impressive. With Lane Beachley. Oh, if I, can give I wonder if she'll do a Mark Taylor and call it quits. How old is she? Steph Gilmore. Who cares? That's that's it's thirty. Mm. So I'm guess well, does, does, does Steph want to become Kelly a mum? Kelly Slater's 137 years old. This is true. Is he still going? Yeah, he's still going. Jesus Christ! Won 11 Christ. world titles. Fucking who cares? Pretty good. So I remember once Andy Ma was on the radio. He was what, Kelly. You, just once that he was on the radio that you remember? Well, it should have been fucking once. And <laughs> he was talking about Kelly Slater. <laughs> you liked that one, did you? He's, he's talking about how Kelly Slater had like won a world title or something. He's won his ninth world title or whatever. And I'm like, who fucking gives a shit? Seriously. And he's like, 
I just think that, you know, I think that, you know, would there be a better, like, you think about as a sportsman, would there be, you know, you're, you're pursuing your dreams and, you, you know, you're trying to make a fist of it and make a legacy. Would you think they'd be better than being, you know, if you're trying to do something in sport, um, you know, being a surfer? And I'm like, fucking hell, mate, there's about 50,000 fucking things better. But being some, a modern pentathlete's people, fucking better than being a surfer. No, I think you're disrespecting surfing. A oh, I don't give a shit. Um, other highlights of the year? Can I put one up? No. Throw it up. Sean versus Jared Whateley. It was not a highlight at all. It was a it was a highlight for for our listeners. That became like Sir Alex V. Venger by the end. So, uh, will you uh, send him a Christmas card, John? Uh, no, probably not. How have you have you followed the Michael Clark uh, Jerry Whateley saga? I have, yeah. Are you team Clark just out of principle? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think that there there is something to be said for somebody who's been in the cauldron of professional competition talking about what it takes to be successful in that cauldron. I think there's something to be said for it's very easy for somebody who doesn't have a competitive bone in their body to sit back and cast judgment and basically say this is how you should or shouldn't be acting when they would have absolutely no fucking idea what it takes to win. I agree. And and, and I think you touched on it before. And I mean, we're obviously only talking about our sports at our relatively low level but you talk about you know white line fever and competitiveness and all that sort of stuff and in in the heat of battle um you will tend to strive for more and and work that bit harder to try and get that that edge and and get in front in the contest that you're in um and as i've sort of said they're, they're talking about this whole thing about integrity and you're going well look so long as you don't cheat go as hard as you fucking want i mean you're out in the field for yeah. it's an eight fucking hour day. You're out yeah. there longer. So at eight hours, you're standing out there. The whole game is predicated and built upon who's going to crack. Correct. Absolutely who's going to make correct. a mistake? They've it's, it's they've gone too far. You know what? If they, he doesn't, it's like when we try to fix a lot of social issues, when we try to do something, we just go way too far. If Jared Waitley or whoever it might be doesn't want us, the Australian cricket team, to be the bad guys, someone else will be. Well, look, the, in, in the arguments in the last two days, there was a bloke that rang in and he used. There was two words that was talked about. One was menace yep. and intimidation. And you sit there and go, you can have integrity yeah. while you're seeking to intimidate your opposition or menacing them, that that the, the look that you give the opposition batsman when you've bowled a bouncer and he's got out of the way of it and you've rattled him a little bit. You're not going to sit there and just turn your back straight away. You're going to eyeball him. The last and, and, great... And just, and just see if you've got, just got that opportunity Hell, to be able to just break him a little the bit. The last great iteration of the Australian cricket team, and it was I've said, I've probably said this on pod before, Mitchell Johnson against England. He had a few spells against South Africa as well, a few against England. But Mitchell Johnson against England, and it would have been 13-14. And the Movember Mo. And just the whole, like, I, I've said this before, every single delivery was unmissable. Pure heat. Pure heat. It was unmissable. Yep. You would sit there and you'd go, like, you'd sit there and go, uh, when's Johnson bowling? Oh, yeah. I want to see him bowl. I want to see every ball this guy throws down because someone might get hurt, someone might get out, someone something's going to happen. He ended the careers of guys who didn't want to face him. Jonathan Trott? Jonathan Trott walked away. Shit himself. Up. Graham Swan quit midway through the tour. And who was the other one? The guy who used to suck on the... Um, Triscothic. But these guys just said, they yeah. just said, oh, I fucking, I'm not facing this guy. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't I've want got, to be here. I'm going surfing. I'm going to surf. I'm going to win a world title. <laughs> you like what? Become an all-time great. And an all-time great. It's apparently very easy. The thing with, there's all these people in the media and social networks, you know, as a broader umbrella, but a year ago... 
what do we love about Australian cricket? Now, people like me who hate cricket in general, it's generally because of the bravado and the, the stupidity and the way we behave. So yeah. this whole thing where... And I'm not saying that we have to turn into angels, but that's what I hate. I hate the sledging, but everyone else loved it. It's part of it. Now, all of a sudden, this has happened. We've run, rubbed some sandpaper on a ball, and everyone's like, you can sledge. Just be... What you're saying, there's certain things you can't say, Yep. and we overstepped that line. Yep. But, bowl Tim, pressure on him. This guy's going to crack. He's rubbish. That's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely well, Shane Warne... This guy can't play cricket. I don't know what he's doing out here. That, Mate, you that, lost. That great, that's, that, that's getting in someone's head. that great Ashes doco? Dar- Dar- oh, I thought you were going to say Daryl Cullinan. No, that was good too. But that great <laughs> Ashes doco, when apparently Warne was standing standing next to wherever um, Andrew Strauss, I'm not sure who was bowling to him, whatever. But Warne, like, apparently was just said to him, because you're fucking shit. And he was just basically... That's all he was saying. He's just going... Fairly uncouth, yes. but he was just basically saying, "You are fucking terrible, mate." And he's and just, and you know what that does? That maybe, maybe that winds Strauss up. Yep. Maybe he sits there and goes, "Fuck." Gets his back up. Whatever he goes, "Fuck." One would have. So long as he's listened, yeah, and he's thought about and he's it. Just going, oh, and it's, you've distracted him enough. And this is Warren sitting there going, "I don't rate you." Yep. Because I think you're terrible. I think you're crap. And and the rea- and, 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 and the, the reality is, is, every single Test cricketer worth their salt would want to have. Shane Warne's respect. You know what it is too, mate? Think about what's the fucking discipline called? It's called test. Yeah, well, that's right. Match. That's what I'm saying. Cricket. We lost. We lost it. We've lost our way. You know what it is? We just have to say, this is a line. Cheating, not acceptable. Mate, it's the PFA. Certain type of banter, not acceptable. Mate, the PFA. It's the PFA. The PFA have taken over. The fucking Parents and Friends Association have taken over everything. And it's like... Oh, little Johnny! I want my—I don't want little Johnny's feelings to be hurt when he's playing football. Well, at fucking some point, he's yeah, either good enough or he's not, yeah. and someone's going to have to tell him. Time, he's going to have a generation cope with it. of kids, of which our kids are in this. Of this whole, there's no winners, there's no losers. Everyone gets a pat on the back. Everyone gets an award. It's just bullshit. Well, it's a nanny state. But this is what it? we're creating. This is—you think mm. about it. The people who have these opinions have kids. Mm. But do you remember? And that's what they're crapping on about. They're going, oh, I don't want my son to be treated like this. I don't want him to be behaving like this. Uh, Not to flash off. back to the heyday, but do you remember, like, you'd be at school. Were you the fastest runner? No. You went to Not an quite. athletics carnival, and the guy who's quick wins. He wins. And the guy who could jump, he runs. And then there was kids who played soccer, they were better than you. But all of a sudden, we jumped in the pool, and Tim fucking Davis is the best. Tim didn't need a ribbon for running. Tim didn't need a ribbon for... You find what you're good at. You're not good right. at everything. And then you get into the into the classroom and you're doing a spelling bee and some little girl is kicking your ass. That's her time in the sun. Everyone gets their time in the sun. And I think teachers of our generation were smart enough to make sure we all got our moment in the sun. It's yep. your own job as well. You don't have well. to get every freaking moment in the sun. Yeah, it's your own you, job you as well. You don't have to be the high achiever that is winning everything. Because no, it's, it's bullshit. You're not winning everything. Yeah. It's your own job to find what you're good at, what your interests are. And then by the same token, except, mate, I would have loved to have fucking played football for the Carlton Football Club. Wasn't good enough. Mm. Didn't have enough ability. Yeah. At some point, you have to go, huh, yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, look, I... I don't I, even know what we're talking about. Well, I, I had ambitions of no, being an, about an, an Olympic cricket. swimmer and, and all that sort of stuff and... Had a made a shave down for that. Yeah, made, made a decent fist of it, but what at the end rig. of the day, what a rig Timbo. Had. What a rig. <laughs> we had. Fun. Can we post that? We'll post that photo. Oh, he looks on. like a giant you, banana. You look like a condom full of walnuts. <laughs> he Tim. does. It's, just, it's 
He's wowza. It's a good look. I don't even know why you've got that photo. Why have you got yellow? Why, why yellow? Were they, were they your team colours or something? No, we always used to wear electric blue, but in Ooh, one... a bit of uh, in, in uh, ice, ice house. house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the song? My knees. Oh, <laughs> yes, it on, is. It has, has to, to be. be. No. That's a great song. Shout out to Ivor Davis. <laughs> Ivor Davis. <laughs> what a um, mullet Ivor had. Jesus. That was a hell of a head oh. of hair. Can, can you get back to the whole idea? Why... Sorry. Why you were? Why we were in fluoro yellow? Fluoro yellow. We um we always wore electric blue. Yeah. We we swam out of bullying. Um, but one season we'd we'd done a series of camps over a number of years down in based down in Manaliza, mm. where Bill Sweetnam, who used to be the head coach of Australian swimming, I'll and take your time, word for it. <laughs> and at the time was the head coach of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, of and, and later on head coach of British swimming. Anyway, and uh, what's his name? Bill, Bill add Bill on LinkedIn if you want to know any more about his employment history. B- Bill's a cracker, very very hard man. Anyway, um, <laughs> what? He's a very tough taskmaster. Okay, that's, that's good. Better. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it, these camps were organised by um, Debbie Flintoff King and her husband Phil King. Yep. And Phil King was <laughs> shout out to Andrew Flintoff. <laughs> but um, Phil King was a swimming coach. Debbie Flintoff King, she was. She was athletics. She was an Olympic gold medalist. Did a four hundred hurdles. Yeah. And Debbie met Phil doing like a. These st- are names from my childhood. Yeah, that they, they met doing a step rebot class. Where was, was Kyle? Melinda, was it Melinda Gainsford? Yeah. Melinda Gainsford. Yeah. Where was Kyle Vanderkipp during all this? No, he was, was he uh, hanging no, he around was doing something else. He was a hundred and ten meter hurdler. Uh, Matt Shervington. Shervington. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you were going Shivo. there. So anyway, um, competing with the black athletes. I'm telling you, <laughs> we we were. We amalgamated for one national championships yep. with this team from Mornington. And uh, Debbie Flintoff King had uh, a number of... Um, uh, in these camps, the staff would wear uh, a uniform and yep. they were really nice you know, parachute material jackets and they looked quite, kind parachute of nice. Back so, in the day. so in the end, we utilised their one of their tracksuit types they had and we thought, well, rather than rather than... The Kings team just assimilating with us and wearing our stuff. We said, "Look, let's do something new and um, go banana. Have new colours." So we went. We went. went we were black and fluoro yellow, and uh, so the boys wore fluoro yellow speedos. But you could have come out to this, Tim. Hey, well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but when we swam, because we wore electric blue and white, we were called the Smurfs. Oh yeah, mm. oh, very good. How did we get onto that? Um, you have a. Photo. I was saying that I I was trying to make an Olympic team and and made a decent fist of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you, you you climb the ladder. You're trying to get to the absolute pointy end, and exactly as you said before, Sean, you know, you just find a handful of people that are a bit better than you, right. and like. You, just, you can't control the other people. All you can no. do is put your own best foot forward, have a crack, be as good as you can be. But you and weren't if it's told good, you're the best at everything. That's the, that's the, that was the moral of the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you learn along the way that there are... What was you, the coach's name? Bill Sweeten? Bill Sweetenham, yep. Did he uh, Did he give you some home truths? Uh, no, no, no. He, he, did he, he shower Tim, you? Tim, you're not going to the Olympics. Because Tim, I mean, you know what he was? He was actually Tony. Tim, Tim. <laughs> Here to tell you, you're not going to the Olympics. <laughs> I know you're here to say You know what he'd say? He'd go, You're not going to the Olympic. <laughs> That's right. No problem. Tim, you're shit. <laughs> Do you remember the soundbite from. There's a press conference with Josip Gombau? Yeah. And he goes, and off, I think it was kind of it was meant to be off 
the record, but it got recorded. When he goes, some reporter goes, and I know your son. I know your son. He's a shit goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> what about oh, Gennaro? Gennaro Gattuso. Oh, Gennaro Gattuso. He, he, was, he was an animal. He's, There's a white line you've fever. The, you've seen the press conference. I think you showed it to oh, me. Yeah. Sometimes a good, sometimes a shit. <laughs> he's a... He's a he's a Malakia and the guy the Greek he's he's obviously the coach of Crete. Yep. So he's given his press conferences mixed in Italian slash English. It's weird. And there's a guy who translates the Italian to <laughs> the Greek translator who then announces everything in Greek. And then Donato's just gone on a fucking rant and basically said shit in Italian. And the guy translates it to the Greek guy to then Say it in Greek. And then the guy's looking, he's like, he doesn't want to say it. So then Gattuso just chips in and goes, Say it, Malakia, Malakia. And the Greek guy's looking at him like, Mate, stop saying Malakia at a Greek press conference. He's <laughs> shit, shit. Then he rips out the English, rips out the Greek, said it in Italian. If people haven't got it, they're shit. Yeah. But they're like, I kept saying Malakia a hundred times. It was hilarious. Might post it. Can we ask? I will post it. Can we ask why, sorry, why you had that photo of Tim in his Speedos? I sent it. I sent it. Jesus. That makes more sense. He was looking through his, uh, it just reminded me when he was looking through his photos of, you know, past glories and him when he was young and growing up. It just just reminded me of it. So I just sort of thought I'd share share a morsel from my my upbringing. Terrible, terrible Danny Zuko costume, by the way. No, it was Danny Zuko at the dance off. Mate. It was shit at the uh, at the bandstand thing when the bandstand went to the. I I'm familiar with the American bandstand. Yeah, I'm familiar with the black suit with the with the big orange shirt, uh, big pink. pink shirt. Yep, I'm familiar with doing the, the hand drive. I'm f- yeah, I'm the f- hand what? Hand drive. Hand drive. <laughs> I'm familiar with the movie, and I'm here to tell you, your costume was shit. <laughs> it wasn't a costume that was shit. This costume was spot on. The costume was fucking. It's probably my head. <laughs> 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 All right, can we move on to today's cricket? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a yearly wrap-up, Timbo. Well, yeah, but it happened today. And and obviously, as people are going to be listening to this, it's going to be in the first two or three days of the first test match of the summer. So Waiting. <laughs> so, uh, look... It's another sport, isn't it? Look, I, um, to kick off today, when India won the toss, and, and just to take a step back, the Indian Cricket Board, whatever they're called, ICC or whatever, the no, that's, that's international. Yeah, that's exactly right. The Board of Control of Cricket in yeah, India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So ultimately, um, Australian summers, you always start with your first test in Brisbane. Brisbane sort of bouncy pitch. Haven't you know, they we, taken it away from Brisbane? Well, as is, in, it's no, in Adelaide. I, no, yeah. I fucking know that. So yeah, they've, I mean, they've taken it away that, from Brisbane but, to, but to they get like, it to Adelaide. But haven't they? Brisbane, the Gabba has been knocked down the pecking order by the, of the stadium. Adelaide Oval, MCG, obviously SCG. So it's actually not in like the top five venues in the country. Oh, is that why? That's why. Because we're only playing, we're only playing four you've tests only named, in this series. You've only named four. So but I mean, it's not in the, well, we're only playing four tests. So it's not in, it's not in the top. F- top four venues. So yeah. therefore it's not. So originally it was first, now getting, it's not. The game's getting played at Bell Reeve. How many test matches have we played? Well, sometimes you'd have two different countries that would come across and then you'd play a triangular series later on but you'd end up playing six tests across the summer and invariably it was three each. But if an India come, well, we're obviously only playing four against India, but when England comes, we play five. You might play Sri Lanka. You need to play five for, for an Ashes, is that right? Well, yeah. that's just a traditional Sometimes thing. you play six. They do sometimes play six. We've, we've played six over there. I don't know yeah. that we've played, played six here. Anyway, in any case, 
uh, we're playing in Adelaide rather than being Brisbane. I thought that might have been an, uh, an Indian thing, but clearly it's not. Yeah. Um, but what is an Indian thing is they've pushed back against the pink ball day-night test because it doesn't suit their guys. Part of me thinks I lo- like the day-night test is great from a broadcast point of view, from a spectacle point of view, but it is or does carry with it, I should say, if you're batting at night, you're at a disadvantage. You would think so. Just, given what you've been brought up on, yeah, if you're batting sort of at stuff. night, it's just it's just tough yeah. for the batting team. So it's it's all it comes down to just blind luck yeah. that you might have you might be going along all right, going along all right. So you want to bat first in a in a one day? Um, using a white ball, it, it's a little tiny bit different, but generally speaking, you want to bat first regardless. Yeah, you get to set the tone. You runs on the board. Yeah, as given some of the chase, I've put never a bit of understood on. why you just can't use a red ball during a day and then a. White ball because the, the ball wears different. Don't, don't you change balls after after, after eighty second? overs? You're not going to bowl eighty overs in daylight. If you start day night tests, right, you've answered the question. It's all right. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, today fucking aggressive. Today sit fo- down, forty degrees. Fabian. Forty degrees in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, Australia's batting order is weakened because of Sandpaper Gate and the players Ooh. that aren't available for selection. Australia. Um, India's the number one test team in the world. Mm-hmm. They haven't beaten Australia in uh, in an Australian series ever. ever. You've said Australia and 30 times in a sentence. And Who are the so two teams? Th- this is the best opportunity that India has ever had to be able to win a series here. In? Hey? In Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they win the toss uh-huh. in a test on Adelaide, which is a, a batting-friendly pitch, mm. it's going to be 40 degrees. Virat, I think, made 200 there last time. Well, this is exactly right. So I, I turned to a mate of mine. I said, they are going to score 750 runs. Maybe not in a day, but I thought they, they are going to crucify us. That would be us. exceptional. And then obviously, lo and behold, decent swinging ball to start off with Hazelwood. We get a, a wicket at, you know, catch at third slip, so that's nice. You know, they're one for three or something like that. Um, the second, what was the second? Sean has seen was it caught behind? Caught behind, I think. Yeah, I think it was. It was certainly the one thing that did happen, and, and what often happens in Australia is, um, we like the opposition batsman driving because the one thing that we do tend to get is a little bit more bounce, and and they get shocked by where the ball is when it comes onto them, and they sometimes make a mistake. What the Indians were doing is they were really driving hard at a lot of what we did, and and I think I think it was just testament to they sat there and they just said we think we're better than you, yeah, and they could, that didn't necessarily disrespect us. Who's the guy? Who's the guy that was out taking on Lion? And you're like, that's just a cheap. Oh, it was get, horrible. You're just R- like, Rohit wow, Sharma. These, Wowza. He, he he sat there and he's he's played a, a big slog sweep, and now was the first delivery. Bowled by Lyon, or was it Lyon who took the? It was Lyon who took the catch, though, wasn't it? Mm. So it must have been the next ball of the next. Yeah, maybe. Of, anyway, in any case, he's hit a six. Was nearly caught on the boundary, uh, and he's holding the ball when they touched and they tried to throw it back in and catch it as yeah, the circus type catches. But anyway, he's gotten away with one. Like he's yeah. almost gone out the very next ball. He plays exactly the same shot, doesn't hit it so well, gets caught fifteen meters inside the rope. And you just sit there again going, exactly as you arrogance. said before, it's test cricket, it's arrogance, it's waiting for a bloke to make a mistake. Does he crack? Is he mentally not as switched on as he should have been? It was a, it was a horrendous decision. I don't and, mind. And, it, and it's, cost him, it's cost him his wicket and yeah. at a stage where they had too many wickets down. And it was just, it was really, really poor. It was really poor cricket. And it's one innings. It sounds like they've come out Bob and Bob would say that's poor cricket. Yeah. 
We but, can win. We can win the series in this opening session totally. by just absolutely exactly right. psyching these exactly right. Out. And that's what, as soon as they, they won win the it, toss, they you can't lose the entire series in the opening session. But I think psychologically, they or thought you can concede a lot of ground we emotionally. Gonna, we're yeah. going to just absolutely go the bash, and if it comes off, yep. these guys won't know how to handle it. It's a little bit like saying to Fab, saying the F1, the racing circuits, you can't win the race at the first corner. You can lose it. Very absolutely. true. Very true. So anyway, they're nine for 250. Last ball of the day, Cummins has run out um, Pajara, who's made yeah, a, a, a really good 120-odd, and he's the only bloke that stood up and, and you know, all power to the kid. Yeah. Um, the challenge now and what always happens in Adelaide is it can sometimes swing a little bit early with a new ball and, and early in the day and then after that it is flat and it's graft and it's hard work and if it's going to be 40 degrees and all that sort of stuff, to get them nine for now, we can take that early wicket and and make hay in that, that first session. And okay, while well, the sun shines. Correct, and consolidate what we've done in the first day's play. All of a sudden it's, it's flat out game on. Now, the biggest challenge is right well, now... We've got a bat. Well, this is it. Australia's bowling attack is great. We've obviously fielded well, and if you haven't seen Usman Kawaja's catch to dismiss... That'll be one of the uh, KFC Virat classic Collins. catches. Well, the comment on the radio well, that was... that won't happen anymore because they're not on Channel 9. Mate, they'll just get another sponsor. Seven, It'll be the Rexona fucking yeah. classic catches. <laughs> well, the... Uh, my Lanta. My Lanta antacid classic catch. That's my Lanta to go. There you go. Absolutely. It's in your bag of drugs that your vagrant mate tried to pinch. Sitting outside the bag of drugs. Well, I'm sure it was in it before. No, it wasn't. There you go. It's you know, that's the problem. The vagrant, the vagrant walked past. Maybe the vagrant was trying to do a Mylanta to go. The vagrant was walking past and he thought, fuck, got some indigestion. Ah, oh, that cunt's got some Mylanta. I'll fucking roll so him for it. Sean, I will touch quickly on the vagrant. Sean, <laughs> Sean surmised that he's probably trying to. He's absolutely snatch, trying to get your drugs. That's the bag of drugs. I've got antibiotics and some panadine for But he didn't know that. But. If you recall, the start of he's the, not a if chemist. If you recall at the start of the story, Sean said, "Oh, Fab was carrying a bag of drugs." It's not important to the story. But then, when he surmised, he said, "He was probably going after your bag of drugs." So, knowing that I had a bag of drugs was integral. I, I agree one hundred percent. And looking at this bag of drugs at the moment, some it's vagrant a, that was a needing bag. a, it's a tasty needing bag. a bit of a, a hit of whatever, even if it is only a moxel, a moxel, <laughs> tasty bag of drugs. So, but yeah, no. If you do get a chance to see the Usman Kawaja catch that gets Virat Kohli out, and obviously, you know, and and, and I must say, I, I laughed so much during the week. They showed vision of Virat Kohli in the nets. It was and, the most look, and and they're going look look at the form that oh. he's in, Fab. Look, he's hitting it. Look, this is amazing. That, like, how th- good is that th- this sound? Is, this is exactly in the This nets. is the best. The, the, the best the exhibition of hitting you've ever seen. You're oh. going, it's in the fucking nets. It's in the nets. What the fuck are you talking about? And it's clearly chopped but up over the course. But you actually don't know, like, after oh. he's played that shot, you don't know if it's gone up, He down, played some anyway. terrible shots. <laughs> like, in the, I understand, he, once again, he's in the nets. But he, like, everyone's going, oh, wonderful. You know what I took from that? And I thought he would have been out about four fucking times. So when he made a mistake, or a couple of mistakes, ah. he speaks in English. He's, yeah. He doesn't, like, he didn't curse himself out in... I'll say Indian, being ignorant, I don't know what, what language they speak. But in Hindu, is that, is that the language? Or Hindi, whatever. Hindi or Urdu he didn't speak, or he didn't Punjabi speak in his or native whatever. tongue. He spoke. He spoke English. Oh, that's yep. the only thing I took out of that. Yep. But it took me back to a. We went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert at the Glass House. 
The yeah. Glass House? The Glass House. Probably before your time, Sean. Jeez. Collingwood train there now. It's called the Lexus or no. West Holden Centre now. Center. Oh, West Holden. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Holden. It's the Holden Centre. I think, yeah, maybe. It's There's a lot of sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going over the bridge between the MCG and and uh, Olympic Boulevard. If you recall, the the walk bridge is where the cricket nets were outside yep. the MCG. I yep. don't know if they're still there. This is yeah, they are. late 90s, so yeah. near the Ponsford stand, right? Oh, the old ones. Yeah. So it's just at the back of the Ponsford stand, where the walk bridge was to go over to Rod Laver and... They're still... The it's, 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 I don't know where they it's are. It's Great Southern Stand. It's not Great Southern Stand. It is the Olympic stand. It's where the MCC members is. Are you carrying no, a bag they of drugs? The side. They were in the back of the Ponsford. The old Ponsford stand. The old Ponsford stand is Brunton Avenue. You have to be walking over the bridge opposite Gate 1. Gate 1, which is... The Ponsford stand. Oh, okay. Olympic so. stand. It's the juncture of the Ponsford stand and the Olympics. Yeah. Oh, I know. Further further. Anyway, keep, keep going. No, that's um, not Gate 1. Fucking Gate... Uh, like, Gate fucking... Three whatever the gate is. is. Gate 3 or 4 is the fucking... Olympics and as we're stand. over that... Pop it. Anyway... Uh, that's Lanka genuinely were... not important to this story. I don't know why I've laboured on it for <laughs> fucking five no, minutes. It could have been Pakistan. It's Pakistan. It's not important, Fab. We're in the nets, and I got to witness. Was he Akram? Shoabakta. Shoabakta. And I can put my hand up and say, didn't see the ball at all. Yeah. yeah. All I saw was him running, and then like a and then a microsecond later, the I heard like crack the crack of you know ball on bat or skull on and I have not And I have not. Uh, me, it was me, Pat. Adrian and Joe, we were just watching it and it was like, we watched two overs of this guy by, by bowl 12 balls. Never saw the ball once, apart from when it was on the floor and someone picked it up, threw it back to him. And I'm thinking, how do you face? But how do you face someone you can't even see what's coming at you? But it's immersion, isn't it? Like you, 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 you're seeing that speed or, or increases in speed throughout your career. And as a junior, you know, you face a good bowler and you, you can sort of see it and you can react to it and all that sort of stuff and your your reflexes are sharp and all that mm. sort of stuff. And it just, it, it every step that you take as the, the speed increases is just a test of are you up to it? And again, same sort of thing, the old pyramid coming to a point, there'll be some kids when it's 125 kilometres an hour, they can cope with that sort of pace. The moment it hits 130, they just don't have it. Mm. The next lot, once you hit 135, they just don't have it. And then once you're at the 140s, you're at you're at the highest level, and if you can cope, you're a chance. And then beyond that, it's Which, only the stars that really. Who else was the the guy who kind of took that summer by storm in the we, one days? Shahid Afridi. Shahid Afridi yeah. was. No, I, liked was I used to fast, like the try series. He was like, a fast bowler. No, 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 no. I'm saying took the took the the summer by storm as far as. I liked like, it when yeah, he used okay. to get told off for like moonwalking on the pitch. Because he'd be like chopping the pitch up. Yeah, yeah. Or he'd be, he was biting the ball I at one point. He did too, didn't he? Yeah. I loved watching New Zealand play Pakistan. You know what I used to love? Having Australia involved. Like having three countries here playing a thing, especially obviously if you of our age and you live through the whole Michael Bevan thing. Michael yeah. Bevan. Like that was great. Like, the whole Michael Bevan thing. I think that's an era. That's actually in the wisdom, like cricket, like dictionary. The era, what would be like 92 to 97, is that whole Michael, Michael Bevan thing. thing. Well, it, but he'd just get us out, wouldn't Michael he? Bevan's daughter playing professional Potentially, sport? yeah. Don't know why. No, Michael Bevan's daughter's coming up in my mind. I don't know. Yeah, okay. But we'll look that up. But yeah. Anything else? Is that it? We've oh, look, you know, it just the, the one thing that I took away from today, again, with the Kawaja catch is we always hear people sort of say that, uh, 
you know, catches win matches. And, they do say and, that. And, uh, you know, typically the Indians haven't been as proficient in the field over the years. So a shit house. Well, they, and I was trying to be polite. But the fact that oh, we, we, we've come out and, and really performed, and, and whether it's the runouts, the catches by Finch in slips, Kawaja in gully, um, we've we've played our hand and said, all right, we're, we're here to compete. And it was something it's we, now, show us what you've got in India. It was something so, we used to be exceptionally good at. Didn't put down catches and, well, absolutely. and all that sort of stuff. It makes a huge difference. What's well, what the West Indies did? When the, when the West Indies were dominant through the 70s and the 80s, their fielding, she was on the their voice. catching. Sorry. Is Michael, that what it was? Michael Wibben's daughter was go. on the voice. Yeah. What's her first name? I think Liv. Liv Bevan. Liv Bevan. All right. We'll look out for that album. It would be good if he had a son and called him Kevin. It would be good if he had a son and called him Kevin. Kevin Bevan. Kevin Bevan. <laughs> or Devin. Devin. <laughs> Devin Bev. Devin Bevan. Dev Bev. Sweet. Got you know, else? France won a World Cup, which is oh, like, to be not, honest, not a highlight. It was a good tournament, but I'm like, I don't know. This feels enough in the review mirror for me not to give a shit about it. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't one of the first things you brought up in reflection was like the start of this year? What do you mean? I was talking about it. I, I was sort of I was saying throughout Federer. this year in sport. Yeah, Federer were happening in January, yeah. and all of a sudden the World Cup, which happened in June. Yeah, I'm more interested in. I thought that Federer winning just I just enjoyed it more. It was a standout. Yeah, I mean, I, before we got into it, and we were we were just touching on it, um, listening to the Ian Prendercast Prendercast when we uh, when we kicked off at the start of the year, um, and and obviously I was I was only a listener, not yep. a uh, contributor. Yep. Uh, and I, the, I, I thoroughly actually, you contributed more than we did when you were still a listener with your Tour de France. The Tour de France. Well, yeah. he's, uh, he's the uh, he's the what's his name? Travis Barker. Is the Alex is the Scott Rayner? If we're going to use a Blink One Eight Two reference, the original. Yeah, no, you lost me and Tim. At- Blink one A two, yeah, the, the original drummer. <laughs> you still you, 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 you over that whole pop vinyl thing yet? I bought Mark. Oh, you bought one of them. Yeah, I bought one of them. So you cracked the shits that you couldn't buy three of the Blink one eight two members. Yeah, because I got two of them. So then he goes, because I don't want two out of the three. So he's bought and bought one. Yep. Where are we? Doesn't make any sense. Not really. But it doesn't always have to make sense, I guess. No. Uh, um, do, do we want to go anywhere the, else at the moment? Do we want to reflect on the fact that I picked the dark horse? My dark horse was Croatia, well, didn't win. And, my win- and my winner was France, and they both made the final. That's impressive. Fucking do you want me to jerk you off under the table or something? Like, fucking you, my, well done. My choice for golden boot hardly scored. So. I think I, fucking my choice. I don't know who. My, my choice went fucking nowhere. Did nothing. None well, of them. Well, I think when we were previewing the AFL final series, I think I picked the winner of every single match bar one. And the only one I missed was Collingwood beating Richmond in the preliminary final. Well, then you would have missed the grand final as well because no, 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 Richmond didn't week. make the grand final. He didn't do it in advance. No, no, like a, a week oh, yeah, in advance. That's true. Like he didn't do a bracket. The preview, yeah, yeah, um, exactly right. I will say I did quite enjoy I, I don't know, I liked the groundswell of support that England had during the World Cup. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it's coming home. Yeah. I thought that was good fun. It's a good story. I was glad that they fell at the final, well, not the final hurdle, but the biggest highlight of the year. The BBC Sports video about to the Nationals England. That was fucking ripper video. Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. For some. Big Dick Nick. Big Dick Nick. Yeah, now he's Little Dick Nick. Because they're shit. They're actually coming good. They're oh, uh, they're, they're just hanging oh, in with some relevance. Let's go back a couple of pods. Oh. We've got divisional rivals, but uh, Sean, oh. if we win this week, we are top of the division. Wow. Oh. We're also in the wild card race. We're actually in a wild card position right now. What a de- fucking debacle that is for the NFL. All right. 
Sometimes Still you... playing to be play, playing out. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play the Rams in two weeks. So let's not get too, get too carried away. And and just for on a bit of a personal reference, I'm in a fantasy football NFL football competition. Yep. And it's a I think we've got a twelve team league. I think it's twelve. Um, there are four Americans that live in America in this comp. Yeah, funny, funny that. Um, but four Americans in this league, all four have made the final six, and it's myself and one other fella are the only two guys. Is that that have because made you need to make the numbers? It's gotten you into a league with four other people. I don't know the genesis of it. I've joined this league this year, and it's other guys that I know that are in a an AFL football competition, and they said, "Oh, look, we need an extra spot. Are you interested in coming across?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, no, no worries." So anyway, I'm in, in in the playoffs. I'm going to play a hand. We'll see how we go. I'm not confident, but we'll have a crack. See how we fare. Good luck. Yep. Thank you. That's it, Sean. You're typing away something. You want to sign us off for the year? You're done. You got nothing else to talk about. We've probably missed a lot of very important stuff. Did anyone no, cheat? No Did anyone cheat in the Tour de France? No. I can't even remember who won the Tour de France. It's not important. Was uh, Grant Thomas won it, didn't it? Did he? Yeah. Are you sure about that? I Grant so. Thomas, the former fucking St Kilda coach. Grant Thomas. Geraint. Geraint Thomas. Geraint. His name's Geraint. It's Geraint. Geraint Thomas. Get a real yeah. name. Rafa. I think he's Welsh. What are you going to do when you're Welsh? Well, not much. <laughs> Be a games record holder for Man United. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, two all draw today. Ah, uh, no, who gives a shit? Arsenal led most written of the time. I've off the season. Arsenal led most of the time. They fucking led. Then well, United. Never be on. They were never the, behind. I reckon Arsenal led for about six minutes. Yeah, yeah. They were, but they were they never led behind. For Forty-five seconds for the second goal. They were never behind. Oh, well, whatever. We're shit. We scored four goals today, Tim. Right in the two all draw, we scored four goals. Well, you're in the two own goals. Well, De Gea basically put the ball yeah. in his own net, and yeah. then uh, Marcos Rojo. Rojo. Rocco. The red, Marcus the Red. Mark the Red. Sorry? Hey, mm. His name's Marcus. But if you're going to translate it, Marcus. Is Marcus. Translates Marcus, to Marcus. What's Mark. Marcus Rashford's name translate into English? Well, it's, well, it's, it's English. spelled differently. Who cares? So Marcos. Marcos. So I'm calling him Marcus. You're a fucking idiot. Cop that. Whatever, dickhead. Okay, you ready to sign us out? Like, we should end on a high. We're going to sign out with a, with a Christmas song. Oh, um, I thought it was going to be Ivor Davies. No. No, he, he was never going to give us no, that. No, I know, I know He doesn't that. give the fans what they want. No. He gives them what Sean wants. I give them what I want. I'm going to sit here and edit this fucking again. Do you want to tell the people your era last week? What was it? You played the wrong Nike ad song. I did, actually. I, that's the song that I like better. the one that I played. The one you played was from the, the World Cup. Yeah, I like that one. The alternate realities. I like that one better. If you didn't do something, that was great. Wayne Rooney in the trailer was phenomenal. He was making beans. <laughs> And, and then he was line marking, yeah. line marking public that pictures. That was yeah. a ripper ad. Yeah. But yeah, that's the song I like better. But yeah. I like the other ad better. Yeah. So I got it mixed up. Um, no, I'm going to play a, a Christmas song. It's one of those songs that uh, I hadn't um, hadn't thought about in a very very long time, and it uh, popped up on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and it was really beautifully done. It was really good fun. What's so, your favorite Christmas? Is this your favorite Christmas? Song? It's not, no, it's not my favorite Christmas song, but it's a very, very good song that just happens to be about Christmas. It's a little bit like Die Hard. It's probably not like a Christmas song. It's like a Die song, Hard is a definite it's Christmas like Christ, movie. It's like a song that takes place Christmas at movie. Christmas. Yeah. It's about a song, you know, about Christmas time that happens at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas song. Just like Die Hard takes place at Christmas. Is Doesn't it last mean Christmas by Wham. No, damn, no. That's the second best Christmas song of all time. Fucking it's terrible, man. Oh, that's a great song. Of course you great, fucking great love song. Wham. Love that song. Of course love you George love Wham. Wham. I love George Michael too. Wowza. Yeah.
was your favourite Christmas song? I wore it over by um, hmm. by uh, John Lennon. Okay. Uh, now with this song here, it's uh, yeah, it was a and nice. Do they know thing. it's Christmas? By Band Aid was, was a great Christmas it was a good one song. too. Original. They, they tried to remake it a couple of years ago, which. Things like that doesn't work because celebrity in this day and age doesn't mean as much. Well, like it's, the Kardashians are celebrities now; they're nobody. Garbage. Everyone, you know, okay. most people who are celebrities are flesh in the pans. I they? have got a bone to pick. Pick a bone. Is it? Are you going to talk about the Ballon d'Or? <laughs> no. No, it's a no, sports podcast. Him, why are we going to talk about no, the Ballon d'Or? No, no. I just I was listening to the the radio the other day. Now I, I, I I'm going to fuck the story up because I don't know the full details. Who presented? The Ballon d'Or. You're talking about the one to the woman where he asked her to twerk. No, 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 no. No, the Ballon d'Or was Wasn't awarded. Wasn't David there in some capacity? Well, I don't know who Evidently, who, whoever presented it was like a DJ. Yeah, um, he's a French guy. Yeah, and, and the comment made was like the relevance of the DJ giving the Ballon d'Or mm. to the best footballer in the world. Yeah. They said it's the equivalent of Guy Sebastian awarding the Brownlow medal. You know what Even the f- worse, what yeah. fucking point? Unless he likes football. Well, yeah. They could have had Diego. Yeah. 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 Diego's still there. He's still introing the person. Yeah. But it, but I didn't. I mean, we obviously didn't know the translation. But obviously, he was saying, uh, "What do you think of the quality of the Mexican league?" And I think he was just on his way to trying to be polite. He's fucking high as a kite. No, that too. I have got a bone to pick with not the Ballon d'Or, as Tim suggested it was going to be. I've got a bone to pick with the Victoria's Secret fashion show. What? I've got a bone to pick. That's maybe a bad no, you're, you're I can't say I'm familiar with their work. You're picking your own bone. Victoria's Secret fashion show. It's a bad turn of phrase. No, what they have done. Now, I'm just going to tell a brief story. Now, my brother-in-law is a... Uh, Benny Johnston. Shout out to Ben Johnston. Um, he he's a sort of a freelance uh, like graphic designer and does brand Ben listen and, to us? No, and um, you're not doing enough marketing. He's got too much. He doesn't have enough time. Um, so anyway, like he he's he's now. big on brand and he's big on you know that uh, graphic design and all that kind of stuff. And when I was visiting them earlier in the new year, um, the Kardashians fronted Kelvin Klein campaign had launched, and we were walking down Oxford Street. And uh, it was all over the place. Bus stops, you know, uh, Selfridges had the big window displays with this new campaign, you know, the big ticket. Whenever. Was Ari working? Ari was not working. Okay. Um, he's dead. When they had the big, you know, the big launch of these change of campaigns, the guest jeans girls sort of thing, whenever it's, it's a big deal. Yep. So anyway, we're walking down the street and for the first time we see the Kardashians, Calvin Klein. And Ben looked at it, and I, I, his reaction was as honest and it was, it was like as candid and as fucking hilarious. It's it's hard to do it justice if you don't know him, but he looked at it and he goes, "Because that's in the book forever." He goes, "That campaign that Calvin Klein have used the Kardashians as the frontage of their campaign, the faces of their brand." Said that's in the book mm. forever. So for as long as, even if Calvin Klein ceased to be a company, you'll go back through their history as a brand, and they have used yep. nobodies. Nobodies. To as front far as their rich brand. Goes, Klein no, no, no. Hit their t- target as far as but rich. that's the thing is they have diluted the quality and the legacy of their brand. Great call. And it, his reaction was that pure. He goes, "That's in the book forever." He yeah. goes, "Fucking hell!" This one of them is a billionaire, maybe. But this once no, great, fact. venerated fashion brand. Anyway, so I had the same thing with Victoria's Secret. Where you're watching it, and you're like, once upon a time, and this is only a recent thing. It used to be models, like to get to be a Victoria's Secret. Fashion, like whatever they call it, runway Icon, or an whatever, angel, yeah. as they angel. say. Angel, yeah. Like it was fucking 
prestigious in the modeling world. It was, you know, to get to that level was just like shit. You're the top of the top, absolute best of the best. Top gun of, of modeling. It was. It was like Miramar <laughs> for models. But you've got now, you've got fucking Kendall Jenner's walking in it no. and the Hadid fucking sisters. And you're sitting there going, at what point... What are the names of the Hadid sisters? Gigi and Bella, I believe. Anyway, you've got, those, you got these fucking things. nobodies walking in it who have no pedigree in modelling, who don't really know what they're doing. In Kendall's defence, she's a model. That's her profession. She's a model because her surname's fucking Jenner and she's part of the Kardashian clan. So this whole thing is that they have diluted the quality of their brand when they didn't need to. Yeah. Because the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show is the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. It'll exist regardless of It doesn't people, need know. the fucking cotton candy sugar hit that these fucking just Instagram celebrity fucking idiots... Give them. And I remember sitting there watching, like, seeing the ads and you're going, oh, yeah, you might know this model or this model. And you're going, they don't have a place in this. Mm. But they get it because they'll post a photo on Instagram and people will go, oh, such and such is walking. People would fucking watch it anyway. Yeah, that's right. They don't need it. And it actually, part of me, I sit there and I'm like, that's a shame. Yeah. Because you've got this extraordinary brand. But you still watch it. No, I didn't know. I didn't. I'd never watch it because fucking. I just. I don't know. Like it's, Thirty seconds in. It's boring. Sean was done. But I just sit there and go. It's this big event, and you're fucking pissing all over it, and it just shits me. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> Greatest <laughs> visual gag of the it's year. Another year in the bank. He pulled out. What's well, the first it's only year? A year? It's in the, the first bank. year in the bank. Well, it's not even a year. We started in like May. We'll call it a year. Shit. Season and rain on every parade. Two thousand eighteen. Um, but anyway, we're gonna parade. we're gonna go out. I'll just set the scene here. Um, Jimmy Fallon had uh, Shersha Ronan on. Uh, My Sharona. Shersha. No, she gets often called the Syro Syrize Swazri. Yeah, yeah. So Poor she, girl so has never got her name pronounced. Shersha right. is how you pronounce it. She would order Chinese food under Tony. Yeah, she would. Absolutely, she would. <laughs> Tony. Um, so Shersha Ronan, obviously Irish. Yep. Uh, and she went on Jimmy Fallon, and they She's did the Galway right. girl for anyone who didn't want. Didn't know. Yes, well, this is yeah. She um she went on and they sang uh, the Pogues' Fairy Tale of New York. Are you familiar with that song, Fabian? Absolutely not. Oh, are you familiar with that song? Fabian? No, no. I saw your text message today and it meant nothing to me. Good. So anyway, we're going to play. I could uh, respond like, "Don't know it, don't play it," and you would ignore me anyway. Well, so. I do the editing. I fucking play what I want. <laughs> so um, we're going to go out with uh, with their version of that. And if you like the song, if you haven't heard it, listen to the uh, the original. It's a very beautiful song. It's very typically Irish melancholy sort of song about Christmas time, and it's very good. So that'll see us out in the Christmas sign off, and uh, we'll be back at some stage in the new year. Yep. Don't know when. Um, we think in first week, second week. We'll play this by year. Oh yeah, we'll just play it by year. Okay. For Sean Peter, by me, goodbye. For Fabian Guadagnolo. Uh, Buon Natale. Don't know what that uh, means. Um, no, Merry Christmas. Been been great doing this. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, the box set will be out again in the, in the new year. The box set will be out for Christmas. <laughs> All seven hundred hours of season one. The billion years will be the first. The couple. billion years is the first chapter. That's the first disc. And of course, Tim Davis. We've entered the Tim Davis era. Always a pleasure, Sean. And, uh, and as as I reiterate what Fab has said, Merry Christmas to everybody. Come back safe. Come and back. That's right. Let's um let's have a great 2019, and hopefully we can continue to entertain. This well, time next year, we'll be premiers. How yeah, good? That'd be nice. That'd be well, very nice. Goodbye. Never know. Never goodbye, know goodbye everyone. Goodbye. Say, Merry say goodbye, dickhead. What did you say? <laughs> 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 And the 